Hello humans and welcome back to my podcast, Life Isn't Fair. Today I'm going to talk about a couple of things, but I want to open up with a poem from um, Shel Silverstein's book, Where the Sidewalk Ends. And I really found this poem very interesting and very, um, very, he he writes very mysterious poems. He's not 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 your normal guy when I'm um, talking about um, poems here, okay? But this poem is called Magic, and it is from his book, Where the Sidewalk Ends. Okay, it says, Sandra seen a leprechaun, and he touched a troll. Glory danced with witches once. Charlie found some goblins in gold. Donald heard a mermaid sing. Susie spied an elf. But all the magic that I have known, I've had to make it myself. I think that's a very inspirational way to open up um, today's episode. So let's get started. So hence listening to the poem, we're going to talk about finding magic in yourself. Believe it or not, you have some type of magic in yourself and it's not always the way that you describe it okay magic is looked on as pun something like harry potter or um percy jackson and stuff like that the things that humans aren't really usually capable of doing but let's find out the meaning of magic so the word magic means the power of apparently in influencing the course of events by using mysterious or supernatural forces. What is a force? That's our next question. Force means strength or energy as an attribute of physical action or movement. Everything that you see around you is powered by energy. The universe is powered by energy. The universe is also powered by light. So, thinking about the word natural, I mean, um, magic, it uses the word force in it. Force means strength of energy as an attribute of physical action or movement. That means that magic doesn't always have to be supernatural and doesn't always have to be impossible. Humans can very much do magic just like Harry Potter can. Just not the way that you think that you can do magic. There are people that believe that when you die, your energy goes somewhere. The energy leaves the earth, and then you go wherever you go. Whatever your religion believes in, that's where you go. But the energy that you leave behind will also go with you. So that would mean that the universe is slowly losing energy throughout the course of its time. Okay? Now I'm starting to get scientific. But that meaning we all have energy power in us. 
It's everything around us, everything you see. Every molecule that you cannot see is powered by energy, energy from the universe. That's why scientists get so excited when they find bacteria on another planet, because bacteria is a living organism. And bacteria is a form of energy. COVID-19 is a form of energy. It's a power. And it is what we reference back to a force. Everyone has force within them. It's just up to them to find what their force is made to use for. And that leads us into what your purpose is in life. In order to use your magic and distribute it correctly, also known as force or energy, you have to know what your energy, force, or magic comes from. What are you good at? What is your energy distributing to to you? Because many people, their energy is going into places where they don't think it needs to go, so they ignore where that energy is supposed to go. Your energy is actually made to do certain things. It evolved to do certain things. Energy is so cool, and it's so cool to think about and learn about, and you need to be able to find where your energy is trying to go and where your energy is trying to lead you, and that what leads you into what you're supposed to do, and what your magical power is. And finding magic within yourself. That's a deep statement right there, considering what's going on right now with this pandemic and stuff. We have natural forces inside of us. We have magic inside of us. But it's just up to us to use our magic and force correctly. Let's move on. Because that's a very deep subject that I don't just don't have the time for right now. So let's move on to politics. So a hot topic that everyone is talking about right now is the fact that Donald J. Trump has gotten infected with the COVID-19 disease. And he has been working from Walter, he's been working from um, a hospital called Walter Reed's Medical Center in Maryland. I live in Maryland. I'm not too far from him. People have been going out with their Trump flags and stuff and it's chaos over there. But um, this is how Trump was convinced to go to Walter Reed. I'm using um, CNN as my source. So this is no infringement intended where just, I'm just intending to tell and spread on what's going on in the world. So this is from today. So let's see. Marine One was idle, idling on the South Lawn Friday as President Donald Trump's advisors were inside the White House making a last-minute push to get him to board the helicopter. 
So he had to get on a helicopter, all that jazz, to get to um, Walter Reed's medical center. I don't get why he had to take a little helicopter from the capital of the USA to Maryland and Walter Reed. The District of Columbia and Maryland are literally almost together, but they're technically not. It's a district. But technically, it's a district that's part of Maryland, but it's not considered part of Maryland. So technically, Maryland is the capital of the United States, but many people don't see it as that way. But that, that's just how I see it. So he took a helicopter to go to Marine One. Okay, so the president who had recently tested positive for coronavirus was reluctant to go to the hospital Multiple sources familiar with what happened later told CNN, though Trump had developed symptoms and was now on experimental drugs, he didn't want to be, quote-unquote, hospitalized, he said. He didn't want to be hospitalized, but he's... I think that ever since he got coronavirus, Trump's mind is just going... It, he didn't want to be cooped up with the in the White House, nor did he want to be hospitalized in the hospital. You, you can't go with one or the other. You have to stay home, and you have to uh, flatten the curve, okay? So, aware of his hesitancy to appear seriously ill or convey the serious nature of his condition... Trump's aides now appear to be scrambling to provide a portrait of a mildly, mildly ill commander-in-chief. But on Friday, medical officials were concerned about his vitals and thought it would be better to monitor his response with the vast resources that Walter Reed National Military Medical Center provided. Trump was told the facility was a more prudent place for him to be in case his condition did deter deteriorated. Okay, so this is some a uh, statement that Jude Deer, a White um, House spokesman, said. He said, "The White House is fully committed to providing transparent and regular updates on the president's condition and recovery." A decision was made by senior officials to schedule his departure after markets closed to avoid an inevitable tumble to people familiar with the matter said. Looking tired and somewhat pale, Trump t- walked past the cameras as he was has stopped for so many times with a small wave and aborted. Okay. At the most fraught moment of Trump's presidency, or of any presidency in decades, the White House is facing a credibility crisis with dramatic repercussions for Americans' confidence in the government and its leadership. Okay, that being said, what's going on? We understand that Trump is working from Walter Reed and stuff, but... He's not going to be able to be the full commander-in-chief that he was. 
he's going to be a weaker commander-in-chief, and he's not going to be as mobile as he once was. So, with that um, happening, when a president is out of office, things happen. Things go up, more things happen, because he's not actually in the White House, and people aren't running running and scrambling around like they usually are. They're supposed That's what they're supposed to be doing in the White House, but they're going to have to be sending things back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to Trump so that he can work mobilely to um, actually get stuff done. So we're going to see things happen, okay? The economy might even go down. The um, things that Trump has been doing may go down because he is not the full commander-in-chief. He's a sick commander-in-chief right now, so he's not working to his full ability inside of the White House like he once was. So, I'm really questioning if the government can do good on this and if the government can keep on going in the midst of this happening and in the midst of Trump um, being sick. Can they continue um, being the strong federal government that they once were? Because it seems like these states are divided, okay? Democratic states are against Republican states. Black Lives Matter states are against All Lives Matter states. These states are being divided based off of what they think. And that is starting to create a less federal government, and our federal government is getting weaker, and nobody wants to talk about that. I want a stronger federal government, but at the same time, I want these state governments to be able to give their say-so and and hold their peace. Okay, so I want Trump to get Every governor together, once he's better, I, he should he should get every single governor of each state together so that they can look out and plan and see what the federal government can do to help. Because he can't really help if it's not a federal thing. He left it up to the governors. He said, this is what I'm going to do. This is, that's it. And that's a very lazy thing to do. He should be able to Coop up everybody together. Not in the white. Not doesn't need to be in the White House. He could be through uh, some type of virtual meeting, and he needs to get these governorships together to talk about the problems in their states and what they are facing with this coronavirus pandemic. After that, he should go and then see what the federal government can do to help these all these state governments that may have the same problem. Okay, so let's say if. Every state has um, limited mass. Um, Trump can do something federally to help um, all the states because maybe all the states don't have enough mass to give out to everyone. So that could be a problem that um, Trump can deal with as a federal government. But right now he can't do that. Okay, he's sick. He's a sick, sick man. So he should have done this before now, and I. Th- think that's what Joe Biden should do if he gets elected in office. Get these governors together, somebody. Get these governors together, have them talk, and see what the federal government can do to help. Because the federal government is just sitting here and watching these countries die. Watching these blue and red countries die. So we need a stronger federal government. And now that Trump is in 
the hospital, now more than ever, we need a strong federal government so that they can still go on even while Trump is not here. So now I want to talk about our um, nominees and what they stand for and what they want. Because the, at the debate, many people got confused about what Trump and Joe Biden stand for and what they actually want. Okay? And so let's go to um, problems and stances and stuff. And Joe Biden, okay? So Joe Biden's stance on um, COVID-19, okay? So Biden's plan to address the pandemic includes offering free testing to all Americans. It calls for a hiring 100,000 people to a to form a national contact tracing, as well as increasing drive-through testing sites. He is also urging Trump to use defense production, the Defense Production Act, to ramp up protect productive of protection equipment for healthcare workers, testing supplies, and other items. Biden's plan includes steps to design to help businesses and schools reopen, including financial support to retaining and rehiring workers, building a best practice cl- practices clearinghouse for schools and guaranteeing paid leave for anyone with coronavirus or who is caring for someone with the virus. The former vice president also said he would call Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute, Institute of Al- Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Shortly after being declared the winner of the general election to ask him to remain a member of the White House Coronavirus Tax Force, Biden has said he would mandate uh, that everyone wear a mask in public. Okay, so let's move on to Joe Biden's stances on police reform. So Biden in June said that he does not support calls to quote-unquote defund the police, which picked up steam after the killing, the police killings of George Floyd in Minnesota and Breonna Taylor in Kentucky, as well as others. But he does support some of the principles, the phrase, the phrases it advocates champion. Biden campaign spokesman Andrew Bates said in June that the force the former vice president supports, quote unquote, the urgent need to reform, including refunding for pu- public schools, summer programs and mental health and sub- substance abuse treatment separate from funding of the police. So that officers can um, focus on job of policing. Biden's campaign has said he backs proposals to increase spending on social programs separate from local police budgets. But he also wants more funding for police reform, such as body cameras and training on community policing approaches. Biden has also called for an additional $300 million in funding for the community-oriented police services program which would allow more officers to be hired and would pay for training 
on community policing approaches. So that means that Joe Biden basically doesn't want to defund the police. He wants to take away some funding so that funding can go to better places so that police can get better training and stuff like that instead of just defunding the police because that would um, cause major problems if um, people were just defunded. And Joe Biden has said he does not support defunding the police. Okay? So, the economy. Boosting the middle class is one of the main pillars of Biden's campaign. He often says the country needs to build an economy that, quote-unquote, rewards work, not just wealth. Biden wants to repeal the tax cuts enacted enacted by the Trump administration and is pushing for a $15 minimum hourly wage, wage, eliminating non-compete agreements for workers and expanding access to affordable education, including free community college. In an interview with CNN in July 2019, Biden said he would raise the top individual income tax rate to 39.5% and raise the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. You can also go to Joe Biden's website and look at more stuff on um, his um, campaign and his plans. Okay, And then education. Biden has proposed an education plan that would increase funding for schools in low-income areas, help teachers pay off student loans, and double the number of health professionals working in schools. A core element involves tripling in federal Title I funding for schools that serve low-income areas, closing what his campaign called a $23 billion funding gap between majority white and non-white school districts. In October 2019, Biden unveiled a plan that would cut student loan debt obligations, waiving $10,000 per year for up to five years. For those in public, public service work, like teachers or members of the military, he would also guarantee that those earning less than $25,000 owe nothing on their undergraduate federal student loans while everyone else's payments would be capped at 5% of their discretionary income above $25,000. Having the current 10% gap cap, his plans heavily emphasize executive action. Biden said at an American Federation, of Teachers Forum in Houston in May 2019 that the quote-unquote the bulk of his education proposals can become law even if Republicans maintain maintain of the Senate after the 2020 elections. Okay, you can find more on his education policy and stuff. And let's move on to gun violence. So, Biden said in August 2019 that he will push to ban so-called assault weapons if elected in a New York Times op-ed. Biden, who helped lead the 
effort to ban assault weapons in the 1990s, wrote that the United States has, quote-unquote, a huge, big problem with guns, and that assault weapons, that which he defined as, quote-unquote, military-style form designed to fire rapidly, are a threat to the national security. He also told CNN and CNN's Anderson Cooper that he would push for a federal gun buyback program in an attempt to take more weapons off the streets. He supports universal background checks and said assault rifle weapons, quote unquote, should be illegal, period. In the first Democratic NAP presidential debate, Biden called for, quote unquote, smart guns requiring manufacturers to include biometric measures that would block firearms from being used by those whose fingerprints aren't registered for that specific gun. He also focused on further on gun manufacturers, quote-unquote, our enemy is the gun manufacturers, not the NRA, the gun manufacturers, he said at the debate. I think this is really smart because you don't need an AK-47 to defend yourself in your home. Seriously, you do not need an AK-47 to defend yourself in your home. Okay, you can use a shotgun, you can use a pistol. Seriously, you you don't need an assault rifle to defend yourself from other people. This isn't Fortnite. This is the real world. When you die, that's it. There's no coming back. So the fact that you are uh, legally can use a uh, AK-47 and not be told anything, and universal background checks won't be given on you, th- that's really scary. Okay, the military should have these guns. People that are citizens should not have these guns. People that are c- citizens are not trained to have these guns unless you are trained to do so. But even if you're trained, you're not in the military. You have no use for these guns. Use a handgun. Use a shotgun. You do not need an AK-47 to shoot Bambi. Okay? You don't. Instead, you if you want to really defend yourself, you can use a shotgun. But assault rifles, no. Assault rifles are not needed in the USA. That's... That, that's... Ugh. God. Um, let's move on to healthcare. Biden in July 2019 unveiled a healthcare plan that would greatly expand Obamacare's subsi- subsidies to make the private insurance policies available on the exchange more affordable. The plan would also create a new public option to s- similar um, Medicare that people c- could buy into. Quote unquote. We're going to add it a public option, and the public option says whether you are having employer-based insurance or private insurance, or you're in the exchange. You can join up for Medicaid, Medicare-like provision, and the law, and and not dump 300 million people on Medicare all of a sudden. He said in July 2019, Biden, he said that in um, July 2019, Biden added that um, 
Those covered by employer-based health insurance plans could also choose the plan, the public plan, if they prefer it. "Quote unquote, you can sign up and get this and get this other plan," he said. "Quote unquote, but if you, you like your private insurance, you're able to keep it." Okay, you can find more on um, Joe Biden's stance on health care in his website. So let's talk about immigration. Okay. Biden supports a pathway to citizenship for undocumented Im- immigrants. He also he has also called an, on Congress to immediately grant citizenship to some undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. At the first Democratic presidential debate in June, Biden said that undocumented immigrants with no criminal records should should not be the focus of deportation. In an interview with CNN in July, July 19, 2019, Biden said he opposes discriminalizing crossing the border without documentation, something other candidates in the field have supported. He said, I think people should have to get in line, but if people are coming because they're actually saying uh, asylum, um, they should have the chance to make their case, Biden said. You can find more about Joe Biden's immigration policy. So, let's talk about the fundraising for Biden. So, um, the um, campaign committee, um, Biden for president, total receipts were Four hundred fifty point six million total spent. Three hundred sixty million cash on hand. One hundred eighty point six million and the debt was zero dollars. And then the party, Democratic National nominee, and total receipts two hundred eighty two point one million. Total spent two hundred five point six million. Cash on hand, $85 million, and the debt was $3.5 million. Okay. Party slash joint committee, Democratic grass, Grassroots um, Victory Fund, total receipts were $20.2 million. To- total spent was $16.2 million. Cash on hand, $4.1 million, and the debt was $0.00. Biden's victory fund, eighty-six point four million total receipts, five and a half million total spent, eighty point nine million cash on hand, and the debt was zero dollars. Okay, so outside group priorities: USA Action, sixty-six point six million total receipts, five fifty-one point eight million total spent. 15.4 15.4 million cash on hand. Debt was 6.9 million. Unite the county, um, 35 million. Um, the total receipts were 35 million. Total spent 28.4 million. Cash on hand, 6.7 million, and the debt was zero dollars. ABPAC. 
43.6 million total receipts, 33.7 million total spent, 10 million cash on hand, and the debt was 227.6 thousand. And that is what Joe Biden um, wants and believes. And um, let's move on to Trump. And he is currently incumbent. He has 42% in the polls. That's his, that's his average polling. So, let's move on. So, stances on issues. COVID-19. This is a long, long thing. Okay, this is Donald Trump. Okay, this is his stances. In January, as the coronavirus outbreak began, the White House... Fo- formed a task force that included Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, and Dr. Deborah Burks, the coordinator of the U.S. government activities for to combat HIV AIDS. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar declared the coronavirus a public health emergency. In the United States in February, uh, the U.S. began implementing stringent travel restrictions in an effort to contain the outbreak, which included temporarily denying entry to foreign nationals who had visited China in the last 14 days prior to their arrival in the U.S. public health officials. And Trump's administration had administration have urged Americans to practice social distancing and wear masks to um, slow the spread of the virus. But Trump himself has been reluctant to wear a mask in public. The president said that he didn't believe um, making masks mandatory across the country was necessary, but said in July that he is quote-unquote all for masks and that he thinks masks are good. Trump repeatedly downplayed downplayed the need for increasing testing and told supporters at a June rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that COVID-19 testing was a double-edged sword. When you you do testing to, to that extent, you're going to find more people, he said during the rally. You're going to find more cases, so I said to my people, slow the testing down, please. Ah, so many problems with this. So many, so many problems. He, he doesn't even have a plan. Okay, he doesn't even have a stance on this issue. He doesn't believe that COVID nineteen is a real thing. But now that he's in Walter Reed, he all of a sudden lo, uh, lo and behold, he believes that COVID nineteen is a real problem. So, I don't know, man. Let's move on to police reform. Trump has declared himself, quote-unquote, your president of law and order, amid nationwide protests over systemic racism and police brutality in America. He has lambasted efforts to defund police departments and has said police were owed respect for their work. In June, he signed an order to enact modest reforms in a move to... confront the outcry over police brutality. 
including a tracking program that will encourage localities to submit information on officers who have been fired or found in court to use excessive force. The Justice Department will also direct federal grants toward police departments that are credentialed for having use for um, public and de-escalation polices and banning the use of chokeholds, except um, health officials. The department will increase training on programs that pair social workers with police to answer mental health and homelessness calls. The Justice Department's political leadership under the Trump administration has endorsed a policing policy that prioritized stamping out a national uptick on who the Trump administration claimed had been antagonized under the Obama era. Not going to even say anything about it because it's crazy. So Trump's um, stands on the climate crisis. Trump's decision to withdraw the United States from the Paris Climate Accord, a landmark 2015 deal on global warming targets, was a major blow to the global response to the climate crisis. The decision sent a message to to the rest of the world that the U.S., which can legally leave the agreement as early as 2020, would not be leading the global fight against climate change. Trump's EPA um, chief has said that while he believes in climate change, if it is not a top priority, the Trump administration shrunk to two of Utah's um, national monuments. It has also pushed to open Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to oil and gas exploration, as well as waters along the East and Pacific coasts. Under the Trump administration, the EPA announced it would no longer require oil and gas companies to install monitors to detect methane leaks from new wells, um, tanks, and pipelines. So basically, he's trying to get rid of all these good things that we have, all these amazing resources that we have to um, fight climate change, and he doesn't even see it as a real problem. Climate change is a real problem. Just, Just look outside. Okay, go to California for once. Climate change is a huge problem there, and the fact that Trump blatantly said it's a hoax, really, it, it's sad. It's really sad that Trump doesn't believe in this stuff and really thinks that this is all a joke. It's not a joke. These are real problems in the real world, and Trump doesn't live in the real world because he lives in his own world, and that's just the truth. So let's talk about the economy. He has a big plan on the economy. Trump's major economic policy achievement in office was the 2017 tax cut, which drastically reduced rates for individuals and businesses, but led to a rise in the federal budget deficit to nearly $1 trillion in 
fat fiscal year 2019, undermining a campaign promise to not just shrink deficits, but eliminate the national debt altogether by the end of a second term, the tax cuts also contributed to a record-breaking rise in the shock in the stock market. One of Trump's favorite economic indicate indicators as corporate executives plowed tax savings into stock buyback buybacks that buoyed um, share prices, rewarding investors. Trump has presided over a strong labor market with un with unemployment hovering at a fifty year old fifty year low while the economy outlook in the US remains un- remains stable. Trump ha- has contributed to a global slowdown through a series of unpredictable movements in trade, including the Im- imposition to tariffs against a- allies like the European Union. Trump has also engaged in a two-year trade war with China, with China, imposing an escalating series of retaliatory tariffs that have hit American farmers, importers, and manufacturers. He announced plans to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership negotiations and agreements, an Obama-era trade deal among a number of countries. Soon after taking office in 2017, prefer- preferring the bilateral deals, he signed a new trade pact with Japan in 2019, but it has no better for American ranchers and farmers than the Trans-Pacific Partnership would have been. His administration has renego- renegotiated the North. North American um, Free Trade Agreement, that trade pact with um, Canada and Mexico. The countries have signed, agreed to the um, United States, um, Me- United States Mexico Canada Agreement, but it has is pending um, ratification by the U.S. Congress. Okay, so guessing the U.S. Congress doesn't like it. Okay, so. Let's move on to education, his stance on education. So, Trump as president has vowed to fix student loan debt as directed by an executive order. The Department of Education published new data in November 2019 about graduates' income and debt levels aimed at helping students make more informed decisions borrowing decisions before choosing colleges. The White House has also made loan forgiveness automatic for veterans with disabilities and urged Congress to include a place a cap on student loan borrowing by contrast. It has repeatedly proposed ending a student loan forgiveness program for public workers, but Congress has rejected those efforts. The administration has pushed for a school choice tax credit known as quote-unquote education freedom scholarships, which students could use to attend public public or private schools 
including charters, outside of their district. It has rescinded a number of Obama-era policies, including those that promoted racial diversity in schools and protections for transgender students in public schools that led that that let them use bathrooms and other facilities corresponding to their gender identities. It has also rolled back two rules that are intended to hold um, for-profit colleges accountable. So let's talk about Trump's stance on gun violence. In the wake of mass shootings throughout his presidency, Trump has vowed action on gun violence, including expanding background checks, but he has been vague on the details and has repeatedly pointed to mental health and hate as the underlying issues after the 2017 Las Vegas shooting. Trump ordered, ordered the Department of Justice to ban bump stocks attachments that effectively make semi-automatic rifles continuously. The ban became effective in March 2019. The president has backed quote-unquote red flag gun laws on the state level, which enabled those who have seen warning signs to seek court orders to intervene and prevent someone who is in crisis from temporarily access to firearms. Now let's move on to his stance on healthcare. So Trump Trump campaigned against the Affordable Health Care Act on the run-up to his presidency. While Republican-controlled Congress failed to repeal the law, Trump has taken a number of executive actions to undermine it, including it easier for Americans and access alternative policies that have fewer protections and benefits. The administration is seeking to invalidate the landmark health care law through the courts. It has, it has opted not to defend the law. Instead, thought. So let's move on to the um, presidential polls. So it seems like overall, Joe Biden is winning in the swing states. Okay. So um, this isn't going to guarantee a Democratic victory. I can't really give judgment that Joe Biden will win until he makes it to 270 or more. If he can make it to those, then absolutely, I I would probably really strongly believe that he's going to win. But currently, I don't believe he's going to win. I think he's um, I think that this is going to be a very close election. Okay, but at the same time. This isn't a close election. Trump still has like 100 something electoral votes. And Joe Biden has like 200 something votes. And when we get an update on this, it'll probably be at least at 280. Okay. At least right now, the way that Joe Biden has his momentum, I think he's going to win these swing states right now. And um, according to The Guardian, Joe Biden is actually um, doing good in these swing states. So, um, Florida 
um, this was updated 12 hours ago, um, Biden has 46% and Trump has 43%. Now remember, Trump is not doing any type of polling right now. None. So that means Joe Biden can get out here and win this election very quickly. And so Joe Biden really should take the upper hand in this situation because Trump can be discharged by tomorrow. But the thing about it is, is that that's all talk. We don't know what's actually going to happen with Trump and his health. And I I hope he can get better and get back out here so this can be a more fair election. But if he isn't going to get out here, then I can't really complain because I want Joe Biden as president. But I'm going to tell you this. I do want Trump well and healthy so that Joe Biden, so that he can come to Joe Biden's inauguration. Right. But I think I'm going to end the episode right here. I'll see you all later. So, bye.